0: Welcome to the Live Courageously podcast show. I'm your host, John Duffy, and this is episode 64 since I started the show about two years ago. Live Courageously has been the conscious theme of my life for the last three years, since the beginning of the pandemic, and an unconscious theme for most of my life. Courage is resistant to fear, mastery of fear, not the absence of fear. And there's something contagious about someone who is Courageous. So today's show is with my courageous guest, Tommy Anderson, and Tommy's an independent filmmaker and multiple best-selling author and screenwriter. Uh, Tommy also enjoys his role as a motivational speaker and hosted a real Tommy Unleashed podcast on the IQ Podcast Network in San Diego, and it has streamed on over 10 stations. He's an accomplished screenwriter and has also written and also producer on his award-winning short film, Life After Oblivion based on his award-winning adaptive screenplay. Tommy's first feature film screenplay, PTSD, A Soldier's Revenge, is currently in production by Panther Trail Films. He's also received his first directing credit on the pilot series, The Tale of Richard Pick. Since then, Tommy has directed and produced several award-winning short films. In addition, he is also routinely cast as an actor in commercials, television, and film. He's also a founding member of VetPix Film Productions in San Diego, and this is an all-veteran independent film production company which produced Life After Oblivion. Most recently, Tommy was seen as the face on the national Spotify commercial as the man with the dancing dog. That's the story there I want to hear. His best-selling novel, Haboob Wind, is now a screenplay and recently won Best International Screenwriter by 8 film awards, and his new novel, Two Million Steps, was released in March of 2021 and went on to bestseller on Amazon in two weeks. He's recently adopted this to a feature screenplay. In addition, Tommy has also written another feature screenplay called The Flight of the Debra Kay*. Before moving to Los Angeles, Tommy lived in Madison, Wisconsin, and had a full-time career as a firefighter, medic, with the Madison Fire Department. He's also served in the U.S. Army and later retired from the U.S. Air Force Air National Guard. He's a a member of various organizations, including the Hollywood American Legion Post 43, uh, of Veterans in Media and Entertainment, the U.S. Press Association, and has served as a photojournalist for ABC 7 LA News, along with being a member of the California American Legion Press Association. Whoa, that's a lot of stuff there. Greetings, Tommy. Welcome to Live Courageously.
1: Wow, John. I was looking around trying to think, wow, where is this guy?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, you have lived a, and I only covered some of it. There's more. We're going to get into more. But you obviously have have, uh, squeezed a lot of stuff into the life, uh, your lifetime. That's for sure.
1: Well, I've always, I've always wanted to, to do different things and never look back and say, I wish I would have done that, or I wish I would have tried that. And there's a few things that I've tried and I, I I didn't either like, or I failed at, but at least I tried it, you know, and and uh, one one was to uh, whitewater raft down the Colorado river. I, I did it about 25 years ago and probably never do it again, but I did it. You know, it was like, I got to try it, you know, and,
0: well, you know, I'm with you there. It's like a few years ago, I went skydiving for the first time. I probably won't oh, wow. do it again. It was fun. I enjoyed it. But, you know, some things you do once and you're like, okay, done it. Uh, don't necessarily need to do it again. So I hear you.
1: Check it but off.
0: <laughs> let me start out with asking you two quick questions I like to ask everybody. And one is, yeah. um, where did we meet? Because, you know, th- that's my first question. I always like to kind of like uh, position the story as to how we came across each other. Uh, and then I'll
1: ask you my second question. Uh, we met at the Hollywood American Legion, where uh, I was a member and you're a member of the Suns. And I forget what event it was at, and, but we were introduced from, an, from another filmmaker who introduced us there. And, and, and uh, geez, I don't know how many years ago that was now, but, but it's been a great friendship ever since.
0: Yeah, I, I, I remember us meeting there. Like you said, that wasn't uh, wasn't at an event. And of course, we've gone on to attend so many other events together and go on so many journeys. This is just two pictures right. of us, uh, one at the Legion and one in uh, Arizona where we went to a screening together. Um, right. So uh, yeah, we've uh, kind of uh, have attended a lot together. The second question <laughs> I'd like to ask, and especially someone like you, because you have so much to uh, respond to, what does uh, living courageously mean to you?
1: To me, it is, it's uh, not necessarily living uh, free of fear, but how to uh, manage it. And I, I learned that a long time ago as, as a firefighter, is that you have to be able to function, do your job, but com- compartmentalize your fear and put it somewhere. Otherwise, you're not going to do your job, you know. And I found that to be the stepping stone for everything I've done, um, and 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 learning. It's uh, it's what you do, you know. It's it's just it's just how you uh, how you function. And uh, once once you learn that, uh, nothing's impossible. I don't think. Well, tell us a little bit. Let's
0: let's go on that journey that took you okay. from where you were born to the military to two two different branches of the military to a firefighter and medic. Start take us on that story, take us on that journey. How did that all start for you?
1: Well, my dad was a World War II vet, and um uh, a lot of our family members were. And I had uh my grandfather died from wounds in World War One, and and I had Some great uncles were in that. I had cousins that were in World War II, second cousins. So I was exposed around the American Legion at a young age. And they never glorified the military, but I always thought there was something special about it and that you, by serving, you would give back to this country. And I also, in high school, I I felt like I was such a nerd in high school like I had two left feet. And uh, I'm sure it's all was uh, in my head. But I thought, if I go in the military, I, it'll straighten me out, or It'll put me on the right track. It'll, you know, teach me skills that I'll need to, uh, to survive. And, and that's what I did. And I, I graduated high school, I was 17. And uh, I told my mom, I wanted to go in the service, and she didn't want me to. And my dad was always kind of on my side and said, well, let him do it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so she signed my papers so I could go to the Army. And because uh, I was only maybe three weeks away from my 18th birthday. So it's like, if you don't do it now, I'm going to just wait a couple weeks and then do it. Anyhow, so. So where that's did how I, time? Time?
0: But, where were you living?
1: At, I was living in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, which is a suburb of Madison okay. where I went to high school. And a shout out to my uh, cardinal classmates. A few of them are probably watching, <laughs> but um, but I just uh, I just wanted to go go do something. I wanted to. Uh, I knew I wanted to have a career in public safety at the time. Uh, it was law enforcement, and I also figured the military would toughen me up and and uh, make me. Uh, Prepare my prepare myself for that, but I'll tell you about two weeks into basic training, I kept going. This is the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but before you know it, I was through, and I was in the best shape in my life. I had such great self confidence, and it's just kind of I haven't really looked back since then.
0: And so when you, so to tell us how, so when you went from one branch to another branch, how did that develop? I, I
1: uh, when I, when I got uh, back, when I had gone into service at that time, the draft was still going and they had an option where you could enlist for two years, just like a draftee would go in for two years. And then you would have two years reserve and two years in active reserve for a total of six year commitment. And so when I got back off active duty, I went into the I went to the guard. I went and looked at a couple places. places, looked at the Army Reserve. I looked at the Army Guard and I, I, w- I went back into the went into the Army National Guard, got into a helicopter unit and uh, and I loved aviation. So uh, they offered me an opportunity to go to crew chief school. So I went back on active duty. I went through crew chief school at uh, Fort Rucker, Alabama, and then I came back to uh, to uh, my unit as a uh, crew chief, got my wings and came back and, and worked as a crew chief. And I did that up for probably 12 years, and they changed the mission. And what they did is they went from, uh, uh, we went from Hueys, and then I went into these Kiowa Scouts. Which was a blast, and then um, they went to Cobras. Well, when they went to Cobras, we lost pretty much all of our crew chief slots. You couldn't fly anymore, and I wanted to fly, and so I had uh, I had put in for flight school, and I had uh, I was given an opportunity to go to either the warrant officer program or you can go to OCS, and I chose to go to OCS. So I went to Officer Candidate School. I, I got about halfway through, and I broke my hand in a changing a tire on a Jeep, which is—it just happens, you know. And so they—they um, they released me from OCS, and and what they called it was a uh, without prejudice. And when my hand was healed, and I got it cleared, I could come back and enter my OCS class where I was at, and. uh you know okay, I was really bummed by it. I was really you know bummed out that you know I got to this point and and now i'm I'm not gonna go on to get into flight school like I thought I was and and then um, opportunity came up with the air Guard in Madison, their firefighting unit, and they got a hold of I talked to several people there, and I could transfer into there and the potential of going up to uh, e nine would be uh, what was possible. and I thought, okay, do I want to wait and go back and go to OCS and, and I I weighed the pros and cons I thought no, I'm going to go into the air guard. so I went over there. It was a great career. A lot of the uh, men and women that were in the uh, reserve in the air Guard were also on the Madison Fire Department and so, you know, it was it was just natural. I'm I'm with the people that I work with, and I'm doing this in the reserve too, and so so it was great. And uh, I went up to uh, got to a deputy fire chief there, and then I uh, I finally uh, I retired after 23 years, you know, doing that, and that was it was a great career, and I got to do so much uh, as being uh, an Air Force fire chief. That I just uh, couldn't have been anywhere else. And got to travel, got to do things, got to uh, work with uh, on President Reagan's uh, uh, presidential team in Hawaii. You know, it was it was it was really cool. It was just an amazing amazing experience.
0: Well, one of the things that when I when I met you and I heard a little bit of your story, I was just always amazed by your the adventures that you've gone on and continue to go on and just that that kind of uh, uh, energy and passion for life that you have, right? <laughs> and so like, right. here you go, you you finish the military, you finish uh, uh, your, your firefighting uh, career, you retire, and, and then you just don't do anything, right? No, you, <laughs> you go on to do the next phase. So you move to LA. When did you do that? Why did you do that? And uh, what? tell us that. Uh, next step in your, in your journey?
1: Well, I, I did that. One of the uh, people that had worked for uh, City Human Resources had said, you know, I could see you being a writer or doing something someday. I just can't see you sitting still. And, and no, I've never been one to sit still. And um, I actually was at an event probably 20 years ago. And I met a woman from here, now my wife, another woman. <laughs> and she said, "Well, why don't you sell your house and move move here?" you know and we we made all these kind of plans to get married and 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 everything. And I always say, "What does a guy do things for? Usually, it's a woman involved <laughs> so i so I moved here and shortly after I moved here. Uh, things kind of fell apart, and to me, that was life, you know. It's just, I mean, I wasn't happy about it, but it's like just keep on moving. And probably about three weeks after that, I ran into Lydia, and we've been together ever since. So, and
0: and Lydia, um, is (laughs) your your wife today, um, my wife today, yes, yes, um, and, and or as you say, you're. Here you go, a picture of you with her just recently at the Grammy Music Awards, your better half. Right yes, there. yes.
1: <laughs> my better half. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, no, it's, it's it's. Um, if, if I wouldn't have taken that leap, if I wouldn't have had that other involvement, I would not have been here. I would not have the career I have now. I would not have had my wife. Uh, and that's why you always move forward, because you never know what's going to happen. And I've always said that when one door closes, God opens another one, you just have to have the courage to walk through it. And there's I, 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 don't I, know mean,
0: just, I mean, that's just something for people to really take to heart because you're right. You know, when uh, it's when you're willing to take that risk, when you're willing to step outside your comfort zone like you did, you don't know what's on the other side. You don't know how it's gonna turn out. Um, but if you're willing to do it and you keep going, it turns out, you know, it can turn out pretty good and it did for you. It opened up another door. It opened up a door to marriage. It opened up a door to so much more, which we we're going to talk about. But it all right. started with that decision to take a chance, to take that yeah. step.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when I do talk to people about stuff, I, and, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably not the best motivational speaker in the world, but I try to speak from experience and from heart. And, and and tell them that that nothing is as bleak as it seems tomorrow is always a brighter day you just have to be ready to grasp it grasp that brass r- ring and you never um you you just don't know I mean you just go to I, I I go to these events and you never know who you're gonna meet but you always go there and you be yourself and and you, and you cultivate relationships with other people in this crazy business and and uh it all benefits you and 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 you don't be a, you're not a user you're not one of these people that uses other people to get ahead you're there to uh to uh of course promote yourself but also i i i like helping my friends if they have something going on because i always look at it as if they win an award or something, I feel like I have.
0: Well, it's it's like, you know, you said, I, I think one of the great things about both of us, what we experience in this, uh, what we do, is that we get to go to all these things. We meet people, we m- make new relationships, new friendships, um, new family, as I call it. And, you know, right. and, and it's about how you can help others, n- not only what they can do for you, and that just gives us so many opportunities in life, and we're blessed because of that. So you know, that's the kind of way to I think, and you do it all the time because you don't stop. You're everywhere. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, you're just, and that's a good thing. That's really a good I, thing. I, I do
1: get tired, and for those people out there, it always say you're always doing something. Well, no, I do take some downtime. There's just every every now and then we have to hit. And this was one of the weekends. I had something Thursday night. I had something Friday night, and then something this morning and now I'm not going to do anything until after the show until next week. <laughs> it's like, you just stand down. We have to recoup ourselves because,
0: uh, well, you know, we're going to get a little bit into that and some of the challenges <laughs> and, and the model of that. But, but I have to say, knowing you, you know, I know you have to step down and you do, but the amount of time you step down is so little compared to the amount of time you don't. I'm just saying, you know from watching you i'm like yeah this guy is definitely always on the go <laughs> in a great way man so you know you're a model in that way for for other people i think
1: well i always want to like to be an example of what people can do if they if they just put one foot in front of the other and nothing's impossible you know maybe you won't get to this to that point where you're doing some really cool stuff i mean we've been blessed But you've made an accomplishment. You've gotten somewhere, you know, and and you've done something. I just, I've always felt that accomplishment.
0: Well, well, tell us a little bit about that accomplishment, because, you know, some of it, uh, Tommy, is, like you said, you came here and they told you back there that, you know, you should write, and and, and you did write. And here I'm just going to throw up a, a picture of just two, uh, two, books, uh, 2 million steps and, and i'm thinking i'm pronouncing it right haboob wind um those yep. are just two books that you wrote um so on the, tell us about the writer's j- uh, journey you know your journey as a writer and then we'll get into all the other journeys that you went on to besides that
1: well about um oh boy 12 years ago 13 years ago i when i started doing uh some some work for abc news um i would do uh I do photography and I would go out. I use kind of use my connections to get in and get pictures at different events that ABC couldn't be at. And, you know, and I would give them give them that if those pictures and and. Uh, and so they they gave me opportunities to to do other things. I got to do that. I got into the. Uh, is excuse me, I got into. um writing articles for the American Legion Press Association. And then I wrote a couple other freelance articles for some other, uh, some other magazines. And out of that, one of, um, I don't know if you know, uh, John Dirk Durkin from the Legion here in California. He lives over by Huntington Beach or whatever. He told me that you should, you should get into this veterans writing group out of San Diego. It was run by, um, uh, Us for warriors, and so I thought, okay, I'm interested in in doing that. You know, I've got some ideas bouncing around in my head for a book, but the one of the big challenges you have, and and you know this being an author yourself, is that where do I start? How do I format it, and and that sort of thing. So I started taking these classes, and it was a big uh, benefit uh, that I was able to meet some other authors some were just starting out some were well-established authors new york Times best-selling authors that were veterans that were part of this and and they were all willing to help you and and teach you and show you tricks of the trade and so i went from that i developed the story first one of hubub wind and um, i crafted it got it better and then i through that uh, being involved with that, I got into the Southern California Writers Association, which is an amazing association out of uh, uh, out of uh, San Juan Capistrano. And uh, they, in turn, I got I was connected with the uh, book marketing company out of San Diego, which is uh, Mon- Monkey Sea. And they're they're really fantastic. They designed my book covers. They helped me uh, set me up with editors Ah, uh, content editor, you know, and then the proof editor, and uh, then I had uh, I worked with uh, finished the book publishing out of I want to not La Jolla, but, uh, but uh, anyhow, uh, Susie from there. She uh, she's the one that got me on the bestseller. She was an amazing go-getting book person who pushes stuff and could get get your placement. And then I worked with Susan Freese, who was my publicist. She's She was an Army major, a nurse, and a member of EME and Post 43 also. She got me into so many amazing things. And then I was really on the go. I was going to book signings. I was going to news articles, news interviews. I was doing all kinds of stuff. And then after that, I learned. I learned so much about the business that uh, I wanted to do my second book. and. But I had so much information because I've been researching it for almost 20 years and I had just piles and piles of facts and information. And it's like, how am I going to do all this? Well, when we got shut down for COVID, I'm sitting there going like, well, now is the perfect time to finish this book. And so I just, I took advantage of that time that we couldn't do anything and, and finally finished that. Um, and and got it out there. And since then I was, I've worked on two other books. Uh, One, uh, we were in the uh, Emmy winning, I was a photographer and and tech advisor on, on uh, Take Me Home Huey, which we got a Emmy for. And I also did the, uh... okay, right. I'm here, don't worry. Okay. (laughs) And then, and then they came out with a hardcover book, which is a picture book, and a lot of my pictures were in that. So I got credit for uh, you know for being on with that book. And then I co-wrote um, uh, with uh, twenty other veterans uh, a veteran story through through Milvets. And so we had, um, so we had, I was given a lot of opportunities to be involved with other books, you know. And then it, and then it just morphed into all of a sudden screenwriting which if it wasn't for VME, I probably wouldn't have learned how to screenwrite because it's, it's so involved. It, it takes, uh, it takes uh, such uh, a skill set, and, and sometimes uh, authors of books can't make that transition because you're going from uh, being de- a descriptive story to a just basically dialogue-driven story in your screenplay. But Karen Craft, who who heads uh, Veterans of Media and Entertainment, and Kimberly Sheilhammer, she is like a top screenwriter. She's both of them have worked major productions and films. And I took their classes. I learned from them. And when uh, Moob Wind was originally optioned by uh, Global Edge Pictures, uh, we needed to have a screenplay and Going around looking, trying to figure it out, and finally, uh, our our joint friend Peter, who's been a longtime filmmaker, had said, "You're an author. You're, who's better to put your story into screenplay but you?" So he was also a also very instrumental in that, and I ended up getting to the point where I. I like writing screenplays, I can sit down and I can write a screenplay for a short, maybe in two days, because I, I know the format, I know how it goes, I know, you know, you learn, you you, you just get good at it, and, uh, and so that's you, what I'm
0: doing. so you, you know, you did a lot of obviously, you know, you went on that journey, the writer's journey, as a, a, a writing books. Then, then pivoting and learning how to write screenplays and working with VME on that. But in the same time, you're doing that. You also, you know, did uh, acting and continue to do acting, and that's something else that you do. And uh, I, I want to throw up the, uh, your little actors reel for a minute, so that oh, everybody okay, sure. can watch that, if you don't mind, and then no, we'll go back ahead. and we'll talk about your actor's journey besides your writer's journey. Uh, so let me okay. just uh, throw that up right now for everybody to see.
1: You gents ever hear of the chosen few? Those of us brave enough to weather the storm, and look them straight in the eye and show them what real men were? It was November 1950. I forgot to pack an extra pair of socks. I was wearing the same damn skivvy since basic. we were on the east side of the reservoir, just trying to survive. I always thought the breeze off Lakeshore Drive was cold. Shit, this was so much colder. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
0: Kane, Kane. Oh. Oh.
1: Kane, it's your boy. Come here, sweetie. I thought you went over the rainbow bridge. You're such a good boy. You came back. Came back to daddy. Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? How do you like the property? Uh, oh, I love it. Now tell me about your business. Well, I'm a personal trainer. I was a top trainer at Solstice, but I need my own space so I can give my class more personal attention. Oh, Mr. Popular. Popular amongst the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give you the best deal in Beverly Hills. After oh, so just a five-year commitment. Five years? To see the sky light up, it's uh, going to be so pretty. I know. <sighs> <What's> that, <babe? laughs> Most we isn't like that, young one. <laughs> That's my special surprise. <laughs> Your buddy just insulted me. He's insulting me. He's insulting me right now. Yeah, yeah, my... Yeah, 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 You're all fucking I want to welcome you to North Carolina. You little lady, enjoy your stay. Well, my- I've had friends of mine, veterans, who have died from gun suicide. Hey, this is Tommy Anderson, and this is my Norco. I feel so close to you right now. It's a force field. I love the way that ended. I didn't
0: I hadn't had a chance to watch that, but perfect. <laughs> perfect ending, man. Um so wow <laughs> that and then dancing with the dog. I love that. And we're gonna talk about dogs later too. But um, sure, because you're you're a massive lover of dogs, including big dogs. Um oh, yeah. Yeah, but so so Tommy, so so besides the writing. And then you started acting. Tell us about the acting and how. Um, how what do you like about uh, doing the acting? Um, and then I'll ask you which one you like most, if you even like one most.
1: I, I uh, the thing I like about acting is getting out of my comfort zone, and and doing something totally not me. You know, whether you're playing uh, a homeless person or you're playing a. Uh, a bum or whatever, you know, or a jerk, you know, I, I just, uh, I just find it so exciting to be able to develop that skill. I, I, uh, I used to remember back years ago, thinking back, I wonder how these actors do this, you know, and now to be part of it, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, it's exhilarating and to, and to, and it's a form of artwork. You know, you're, you're creating something, you're creating a persona, your acting can carry, carry on the story, you know, make it, make it interesting. You know, it, it, it's, it's really uh, it's really a, a joy. I, I really enjoy it.
0: it. Now, could you say that there's um one that you enjoy more than the other? Um, do you enjoy writing more than acting or
1: acting more than writing and why? I like both of them. I, uh-huh. I Originally when I got, got offered into acting, I, and this, this is the one thing that didn't really come through via me or that I, I was, uh, uh, my, my first, uh, gig was a music video you know, in San Diego. And that just kind of happened because somebody didn't show up. And a friend of mine who was the producer said, are you doing anything this weekend? And so I went and, uh, I did it and I, you know, it was just really getting into makeup and costume and, and all this stuff and, and watching what goes on on set. You know, from, from being a writer, I like to know how the actors are going to interpret your, your writing or how the, uh, your DP, your director are going to interpret your story. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll do this because I'm going to learn, and it'll make me a better writer. And then after that, I got an agent, and was they, they wanted to sign me. And I was like, wow, really? And, and this was, uh, oh, God, six years ago, seven years ago. Now, And uh, I did get uh, one job through BME on, on SEAL Team. Which they came out with the our casting came out and and uh, they put out a thing and I put in for it and I got it, and um, you know several of us at VME were able to get into that, and and um, it just kept on going and my agent is amazing is getting me, uh, you know, auditions all the time. The the hardest one were the self tapes. I mean we all struggled with that because it's we're not used to it. We, I, I was in. I could say at the time when we auditioned, we auditioned for the casting director and maybe a couple of producers there. So you could adjust yourself. They would tell you, you know, do this or do that. You know, look over this way and then deliver that. And that's what I do with the Spotify. And um, I just knew I had landed it because I related to them. And we were talking about dogs. I said, "Do you mind big dogs?" I said, "Me, big dogs? No. I have a Masto."
0: <laughs> I'm going to put up that picture since we got to go through it now. This is uh, this is some of the pictures of you with the dogs and America's favorite pet. Yes, you you are, um, are an amazing uh, dog lover.
1: I am, and I got to do some stuff, which with some uh, dog rescues around here because my quasi celebrity I guess, is kind of weird, but but I'll go out and help them. And if I can help promote and save a dog, I'm going to go out and do it. You know, and I got to do some stuff with uh, horses and, and things like that. I'm a very much an animal person, and um, I, I'm more than happy to uh, take that time. And Lydia always says, don't bring anything home with you. <laughs> she know She knows I have a track record. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's,
0: but uh, that's cool. Well, the other thing that you are, when well, I'm just going to throw up real quick, this is just, you know, something you had posted, just some of the projects that you did in 2023. Obviously, a whole series of different 10 movies listed right there that you had different right. experiences in.
1: Um, I won't actually, in this is through the um, Path of Trails. I was only involved with two of those. Uh, okay. One is the PTSD, and the other is American Trash. Which, okay. Uh, had a small small role in that, but I was very thankful to that uh, to be cast in that. Uh, PTSD right now is in uh, post, so hopefully in the near future it's going to be coming out. So. Well, we look, and, we uh, look
0: forward to seeing that.
1: Um, yeah. You know, the other, yes.
0: the other thing that you do, and you you know you mentioned obviously working with VME, and and we met at here at Hollywood Post Forty Three, which is a great American Legion post for anybody who right. uh, is not familiar with it but you also you know do stuff with a lot of other veterans and i just throw up some friends who uh, do stuff for the veteran community and this is just some pictures with a good friend of mine Kevin Major Howard yeah. um and Joe Montaigne, and just you know just great people doing uh, stuff in the industry for veterans and yeah. doing veteran support stuff
1: Yeah yeah they're both amazing amazing individuals just uh, amazing i've got to do um I've got to do a few things with Major, um, probably three or four things. And he's he's a super nice guy, amazing photographer. Um, yes, he's definitely an incredible uh, headshot photographer. And
0: he's done all, he, he has a whole line of cars that he did after 9 11. Um, right. To celebrate the military and veterans and first responders and just to honor all of them. And he's, you know, he takes them on tour all around the country and does whatever he can to support him. So, yeah, I mean, just, it's a great group of people. That's kind of the people that we're kind of lucky and honored to be able to kind of like w- uh, work with and, and, and be involved with.
1: Well, that, that uh, is that, that you mentioned that, and that's one of the things that our little COVID experience uh, put us through is right before all that happened, he had asked me, says, do you want to drive one of the cars? Ah. And I'm going, oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> but then, but then you know, every, the world came to a, a stop. And so we had, uh, I haven't seen him probably since then, you know, since it was right before COVID. Yeah, I've but, seen uh, good him, to see uh, him, I've seen him
0: since. I've seen him since. He's doing all right. Um, and, uh, you know, once again, he always shows up at uh, different events, Memorial Day and 9 11 mm-hmm. up at Pepperdine. He used to bring his cards to Pepperdine for 9 mem- 11. Uh, memorial and uh, yeah, but he's he's doing all right. He's
1: is doing he still good. living in
0: Las Vegas? Yeah, he is, and we he he's, he's trying to do a show, uh, uh, documentary based on um, the uh, Vietnam veteran movie that he was in, and I'm blanking on yeah. the name. Of it. You you probably remember the name of it, but uh yeah, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket, exactly. So we did a Rack podcast Man. show. Yeah, we <laughs> did a, exactly. Right. We did a podcast show with him, and he spoke about that and his experience and wanting to do a documentary about it. So we'll see how that comes out. But, uh, yeah, great guy. Um, so besides all that, Tommy, so you got, you know, the military, the, the fire, the, uh, writer, the, the, the producer, and then a podcaster. So that's the next, uh, piece of it. So, you, you know, you've been, you've done your own podcast show, the real Tommy Unleashed show on IQ podcast down in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And you've done a series of that. Tell us a little bit about that. What was that? And, and how, why did you branch into doing podcasting? And, um, and and tell us a little bit about the shows.
1: Well, you know, you kind of morph into things as, as situational things come up. Uh, when COVID shut us down and we weren't doing films, San Diego was still relatively open in certain areas. And a good friend of mine, uh, Brett Davis, who has a, uh, radio show down there on, on the answer had asked me if I would, uh, come in and co-host, uh, one of his shows with him. And so I did, which was, it's like, okay, I have never co-hosted a radio show. I'm going to go do this. (laughs) And, and, uh, I don't turn an opportunity down because it sounds, oh, this is, I have never done this. Okay. I want to try this. So we got on there and I had a blast doing it. It was a great experience. I got to meet some wonderful uh, celebrities in the uh, radio world in San Diego, which, uh, and we're still friends to this day. And, and so uh, after that, he told me, well, we're starting a, a, a podcast network. And uh, we want to do different format shows on there and have, um, have uh, you know have we'd like to have you on there, have, have your own show. So initially I started it, started it with a very good friend of mine, Tina Hargett. we did, um, we did a show in which um, all right now I got a little glitch up here. I can't remember the name of the show, uh, which is hard to believe. Somebody's going to pop up here and tell me I know. <laughs> you,
0: have <a> <laughs> but, friends, you have a lot of friends commenting. I must say. So I anyway. know, I
1: know, I know. I'm I'm watching roll through. It's kind of cool. Thank. Hi guys. I love y'all. But um, so we uh oh the take it back show, and the whole thing about the take it back show was to like yours. It was to talk to people about you can overcome any adversity with the power of positive thinking. Um. Faith, and it didn't have to be, you know, like religious faith, but faith in yourself, faith in your family, you know, faith in this country, whatever. And uh, so we, we started doing the show, and we got some great people on, as uh, as guests. Um, one of the um, Janet, I can't think of her last name right now. Was our I think our first guest? She uh, she's a pinup model. Very pretty, but she's a paraplegic. wow. And from a drunk driving accident, and wow. she um, her husband gets her all dressed up, gets her posed and the camera, they take all the pictures. She's just fantastic. Well, she does that. She always said, "I want my kids to know that I'm not a quitter and I'm going to keep on doing stuff." And that was the type of people we wanted to get out and talk about. and and, and so, that went for probably about a year when the, the station decided they they wanted to do a do a change and tick it up a notch. And they said, We'd like we want you to do your own show. Um and so I, I kind of said, Well, me we sort of like being unleashed, and they go, Yeah. And that's the name of your show. It's gonna be The Real Tommy Unleashed. And It wasn't to be crazy or anything, but what what I did is I I brought out, I called it the stories behind the story. I would bring in, uh, like, big screenwriters and talk to them about their work behind this movie. Or I'd bring in a uh, platinum country singer and say, you know, tell us about, you know, the business and what you're doing. Because there were so many people, and I found this out you know working in the film industry, is so many people want to know how, how these things are made, because we do all kinds of stuff on set that the public never sees. And, and you know we, we can watch a film, we can watch a film or a TV show and know kind of what's going on in the background. And uh, it's like when you have, a, you have a really slender girl in a dress, and you know, there's all kinds of clips going down the back of it, so it makes it tightened up. Things like that, you know, and and people don't realize that. And and so I like to talk about what goes on behind the scenes, you know, or are goofing around, you know, things like that. Nothing, nothing bad. And and so the unleashed kind of sounds like I'm going to be really crazy, but I'm not. I'm just, I'm just. Oh, it, 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 people should check it out.
0: Check out uh, uh and I put up your yes. your thing, TommyAnderson.com. DudTommyanderson.com to get more information. Uh, I'm just going to take a minute, Tommy, if you don't mind. I want to play a, a one-minute clip. for. It's not a sponsor, but it's a, someone I'm uh, supporting, an organization. Oh, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I want to uh, you know, give a call out to them because they're doing amazing work, and it's coming up this uh, next weekend. Um, they're doing some human trafficking rescue stuff for the Super Bowl. So I want to give a shout-out to them, and then we'll come back in one minute. So let me just play that real quick.
1: Okay, sounds good. Hi, this is Pastor Rudy from CERT Ministries and the Slave Free Project. And we have a large operation coming up during the Super Bowl. It's going to cost us between $35,000 to $40,000 to be able to pull this off. We have 30 operators that are coming into town. um, And it's an amazing opportunity for you to get involved in fighting trafficking. The way you can do that is donate. It costs around $1,000 per operator for us to pull this off. But in comparison to anything and everything else that's going on in the world or how much it would cost the local law enforcement agency to do this type of operation, it's a drop in the bucket. So here's your opportunity. Thank you.
0: Yes it's an incredible organization is doing yes. the rescuing of children from uh, sex traffickers and human trafficking and they do it year round but the, the Super Bowl is the worst time so they do a special operation for the Super Bowl so I just wanted to give a a shout out to them and the incredible work that they do. So anyway back to um uh, and, and thanks for that uh uh thing back to where we were so you you know you do your podcast show how long have you been doing the podcast show from?
1: Uh, uh and in total, probably um, maybe just coming up on three years. It's hard to believe. Wow. You know, and and then I'm also I want to give you know give a shout out to uh, Drinks with DD show, which I'm one of the regular guests on. That's another podcast done by DD Servino, Paul Servino's uh, widow, and she's she's a uh, auxiliary member of Post Forty Three, and and we're kind of a comedy, kind of a comedy. Uh, uh podcast we take an hour and and uh, we can either roast somebody or we will be very brutally honest about films or or whatever and we have a blast doing it
0: and and, and it's funny that you bring that up because you know one of the things uh, of all the things Tommy does if you uh, follow him on Facebook uh his sense of humor comes across non-stop so the fact that he's doing uh, comedy there this is just some of the the posts that he has there um, <laughs> You know, it's just nonstop. I mean, that's the other piece of you that you just have a, just an incredible sense of humor about life and about how to handle it, and it comes across on your Facebook page. So I'm not surprised well, you'd be doing a comedy show with D.D. Dee I mean, it's just one more aspect of who you are, brother.
1: Right, and and I, I got that from my dad, and uh, it just kind of my brother is the same way as I am. We both learned from my dad. And then, which actually got into the point, I actually wrote a comedy script, which won uh, best uh, drama comedy at at, at uh, Con last uh, last December or November. And I I thought, wow, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to try to put some comedy into uh, situational comedy into an actual uh, actual storyline, and now. I'm hoping and I'm planning on uh, actually filming it this uh, summer, uh, you know, once we get the funds in place, but I, I've got a great cast of people that want to be in it. I I had no end of people saying, hey, I would like to be in your film, and, and I feel very blessed and honored, but uh, uh, Cindy Copeland, beautiful, amazing dramatic actress from Atlanta, Doug Little from LA, and you know Doug, I think. DJ, BJ Lang's gonna be in it as one of the comedy oh, cool. guys. Uhnett. Guy. Tammy Barnett. Um uh Michael Gillickson, who's a great stand-up comedian in uh, LA and in and, and that, and um, uh, Didi Servino, she's gonna be in it. So so we got some uh we got some great people that wanna be in it, and I've got a, a great um special effects, uh, man, who's also a vet, uh, the, our DP is great. Uh, I want to direct it because I want to, I know what I want from the actors and, uh, I, I, just, I just feel that, yeah, this is what I want to do, you know? So.
0: Well, very cool. Very cool, man. And that's just the other piece I want to get to too, before we finish is that if you want to share this, I think you've been, you know, pretty amazing model for, Transforming your health issues, and you just recently. Oh, yeah. So, if you want to talk about that, I would love to just because I think it's an inspiration for people who are being faced with issues, health issues, and, and what you went through and, and how you overcame. Because it's just one more example of what it takes when you're somebody who's willing to do whatever it takes to overcome.
1: Well, this uh twenty twenty three was was a bad bad year. I had uh November of twenty twenty two. I had uh, I had some problems. We were filming uh, Wild West Chronicles. It was a long set day, really long. Uh, we were actually on overtime, and, and so that you know how long of a day that is. No. when You're on set and you get overtime, and my I had been having trouble with my knee. I hurt it on the fire department, and I had uh, it, it was hurting really bad. I I couldn't could hardly get home from the set and I went and saw the doctor and he said you got to replace your knee he said that it's uh, you have uh, you also had a tibia fracture and um, he said what we have to do is we have to put a long rod down into your tibia so that it makes your tibia stable but there's going to be a lot of complications and we won't and I was heavy I put on so much weight over COVID you know and I used that as an excuse as everybody else did. I was just fricking lazy, you know. I was lazy. I, and and it's easy to get complacent and lazy when you don't have a lot of stuff going on. I stopped running around. It's, I kept my weight pretty well in check when we were busy because I was running all over the place doing stuff. I'd only have a small bite to eat here or there. But once we shut down, it was like, okay, how do I order more chips? <laughs> <laughs> but but then. Lydia had a real health issue that came up, and she almost died. I mean, literally was on death's door at the hospital. And uh, a wonderful doctor, uh, at Kaiser, the head of surgery up at Kaiser Fontana, uh, Doctor jo- Jonah, like from the Whale, saved her life. He took her over personally and and and, and saved her. But I figured. Uh, And my surgery, the doctor said, you got to lose at least 50 pounds before we can even consider doing the surgery. So, okay. I said, okay, I'm going to start to modify my eating and, and, and to lose the weight to have the surgery. And then when Lydia got so sick, I was taking care of her. Then it became all the more apparent that I have to take care of her. And I can't take care of her if I'm not well, you know. And so I really uh, got into it and make small – what I ended up doing is losing 90 pounds. Wow. Get back and get back in the old size that I was in on the fire department. I had the surgery. I feel great. Now I'm working out three times a week, and, and I'm, I'm, like, back at it. And you were kind of my inspiration for that, too, because you went on this journey before COVID, 'Cause I can remember you talking to me about it up at Camarillo, I think. We were up there for the air show and we, we were talking about that. And I think we're the same age, maybe a month apart in our, our birthday. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking and I kept telling Lydia, if John can do this, I can <laughs> do this. You're kind of my inspiration too. <laughs> well,
0: thank you. I, I went on a you know, seven day a week workout. I mean I dropped 40. I know you did. I went, I dropped 40, you (laughs) dropped 80, but I, you know, but it's impressive. But I think the lesson is, you know, you changed, you turn your health around because you made, you took the action, you made the decision. And that's the the inspiration for people because a lot of times people don't, are not willing to do that, to do what it takes, even though it's going to serve them by doing it. So, you know, good on you for having the, uh, you know, putting the right uh, effort into it to, to turn your your health around.
1: Well, you know, it, it it's um, it's nothing that happens overnight, and I'll, I'll tell people that you just have to, you know, make up your mind. And I'll say the first month was probably the worst because you get all your cravings, you get all that stuff. I want That's this, right. I want that. But then after that, you just adjust. You you really adjust. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to make this. I'm going to eat this. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to go out for pizza. I'm not going to do this, unless I go to one place where we get a slice, and that's it. That's my dinner, right? And 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 so um, you you just start doing that. You take take control of your uh, take control of your life. And I just uh, my doctor when I was in this had the surgery in December. He just comes in and goes, you know. He says, You kind of are my success story because most people just get to that point. I tell them to lose that, and they that's where they stop. He said, You just kept going. Right on. And I said, and I said, you know, I'm at this point. I'm not gonna stop. I want to get my health back. I want to be able to do the stuff I used to do. And I also wanted to, I and I even talked to my agent about this. You know, I want to step up and do more stuff in film. And to do it, I gotta be healthier. I can't be the be the big guy i and do all this and since then i've had a bunch of auditions since uh the first of the year uh good ones you know i had i had two callbacks nothing yet but but it's like i'm getting these auditions so i'm doing something right and i also i'm yeah. looking better you know Absolutely. And, I, and i and i decided i'm gonna try a different look i grew a beard because <laughs> i want because i wanted to see you know what what i would look like i never had one before and my oh, my, brother, you,
0: you my keep brother on brother new things man you keep on trying new things so as we come to the end uh tommy yeah anything you would like to close with uh any a message or any uh final uh thoughts comments whatever for for people watching this
1: the the uh the thing i'd like to say is always be willing to take that chance believe in yourself uh, don't rely on somebody else to do it for you um, we all know so many people that will give us a hand but they're not going to give us a hand up you know they'll give us the opportunity to do it and and you feel such a satisfaction by doing it yourself and accomplishing that part so walk through that door be afraid, I realize I'm in charge of my fear. I When I think of some of the stuff I used to do on the fire department, I look back and go like, wow, I can't believe I did that. And somebody will say, wasn't it scary? I say, yeah, it was really scary. But you don't think about it. You're thinking about the end result, what you're doing. And, and just remember that. Be true to yourself. Be honest. Um, make friendships, not acquaintances. Um, you know, it's. I, I just think my 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 friendship base. And I consider so many people like you family that we we're, we're all together in this journey on earth. And uh, I just want um, to do the best I can to help the people I can to, to do amazing things and, and thank God for my opportunities that, that were given to me.
0: Well, thank you, uh, Tommy, on that note. Yes, uh, we are family. Uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm honored to know you. And I'm you know, I'm always I always enjoy everything you share <laughs> and, and post. You know, you, you you inspire everyone and and the sense of humor about it, too, because life is challenging at times and sometimes more than others. But if we can laugh at it, we can laugh at ourselves. And we can have fun while we're going through whatever we're going through. I think that's the way to live life, and that's what you know you 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 capture. So I, I really, you know, I'm on. Like I said, that that
1: uh that we're in each other's lives. I I am as well, brother, and and thank you so much. And you're very right about that. We have to be able to laugh at ourselves 100%. because because I'll I'll do that all the time. Going. Boy, you're an idiot, don't <laughs> <I'm gonna> laugh.
0: <laughs>
1: well, you know, it's that
0: ability, you know, it's just it, it just puts things in perspective when you think, you know, yeah, yeah, I know everything, and when you laugh at yourself, it's like, yeah, right, bang, right on the head, you know, just uh, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and so it, it's a great way to uh go through life. So, thank you very much, brother. I, I, you oh. know, I appreciate you. Um, and to everybody out there, you know, I hope today's show with Tommy inspired you with his adventurous life and all the things that he's done and continues to do. And, um, you know, we look forward to the mo- your movie coming out. So, uh, Tommy, uh, thanks. Thanks again. And I'm going to close out the show and I'll talk to you soon.
1: Uh, OK, sounds great, brother. Thank you so much.
0: All right. You got it. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you haven't seen the other previous uh, 63 podcasts with some of my amazing, courageous friends, sharing their stories of overcoming all odds and going on to live powerful lives, you can check them out on YouTube, Live Courageously with John Duffy. And you can check out all the previous shows and join me every Sunday at uh, 2 p.m. for future shows coming up with plenty more of my uh, courageous, you uh, Um, friends, uh, family, and everyone else in my life. So thank you, everybody. Uh, Have a great week and
1: I'll see you uh, next week.